It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Hello, and welcome to another Plan with Dan podcast. I'm Mark Haywood, joined by Dan Betzel. He is the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gehenna near the airport. Find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, we are kind of getting into that dead of winter, as they say, where it's just kind of cold and miserable. How are you holding up? How are you doing? <laughs> well, I think today it's uh, like negative three. But it's okay because, uh, you know, it's a good day to be inside, stay bundled up, uh, eat some nice hot soup. That's right. Nice soup. We're (laughs) recording this in January. I hope for your sake you're listening to this in July and it's warm by the time that you hear this. But uh, if you're with us, stay indoors, get some hot soup and listen to the podcast. Great. See what I did there? My plug there. Oh, man. Absolutely. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about financial resolutions. And before we even get into that, Dan, I have to ask, did you set any New Year's resolution? And now that we're kind of getting into the latter part of January here, how are you holding up on them? Yeah, you know, I've always been kind of like an exercise nut. And so I was really active. I I called it like a CrossFit for old people. You had to be 55 years old uh, to be in the class, and uh, I really damaged my shoulder last January, and so I had like three or four months where I was in um, physical therapy and rehabilitation, and I so I wasn't able to to, to get back you know on the bandwagon. But I, January, I thought I'm going to really start doing my workouts again, and I've been I've been doing them. I do them in a group in a community, and that really keeps me motivated, and it's uh, it feels good to be back. I'm not good at any of it, but it still feels really great, you know, to get my heart rate up. Great way to, to break stress, and I'm I'm resolved to keep that resolution and not to injure myself this year. All right, we're gonna check back in with you in six <laughs> months, and we're gonna hold you to it on that. <laughs> Thanks. How about you? Well, I, if I'm honest, I kind of went the opposite route, and I didn't set a single one this year. I said, you know what, <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. No, I'm, I'm just good for you. Well, I'm, I kid a little bit. I, I'm actually wedding planning right now, which is exciting. But because wow. of that, I'm just so busy. I think my goal, my resolution at this point is just to get it all planned and get to that day. Is that a resolution? Wow. I, I don't know. But that's kind of what fantastic. I'm shooting for right when, now. When is the big day? We're hoping for sometime in July. Excellent. We are, uh, we're hopeful. Um, we, we're kind of, you know, in the stages of finalizing a date and whatnot, but we're hopeful for July and we're looking forward to it. And I guess my resolution will soon become to get in the gym with you. Maybe I'll join you because my <laughs> fiance is wanting to, you know, have me in shape. I got to look good in the tux and all that. So. <laughs> well, good luck. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's not too late to set resolutions if you're like me and just didn't mess with them. And of course, we're talking on this podcast about financial resolutions. I think now is the perfect time of the year to kind of plan out what your next year is going to look like, especially in your finances and in your retirement plan. Uh, So the first resolution, I'm just going to kind of go through a list here, Dan. The first resolution that I would say is to stop paying too much in fees inside your portfolio. Yeah, you know, a lot of people really don't have any idea how much of their investment returns is being lost to, to fees. And I have to admit, I mean, our profession does an excellent job 
on keeping that information, you know, hidden. It's not that it's not available. You know, it is available online. You can get it on uh, through the prospectus. But again, a lot of people just have no idea because not only are there advisory fees, which you know you may see actually actually see on your statement, but if your portfolio is being actively managed, then there's something called a turnover ratio. And you know, some mutual funds have turnover ratios in excess of 100%. Now, what does that mean? That means that the advisor who is managing that that fund is actually buying and selling your individual positions at the rate of 100%. So that can be a real drain on, on, on your return. Oh, yeah. And I love that your phone dinged, right? As you said, it's not that the fees are unavailable. It sort of dinged as if like the Pinocchio knows growing. I'm not, I'm not saying that to you. It's just they don't want you to see the fees that are there. And so you really got to, as you're saying, you really got to look out for those hidden fees that could be lurking inside some of your investments. Now, another resolution I think that's a good one is please, oh, please stop taking too much risk. I know that towards the end of December and on into January, we had the uh, the Bitcoin craze. And wow. you, of course, yeah. you can stand to make a lot of money with that, but it's risky, Dan. It's risky. You know, that's something that, that I always talk about. I actually did a blog on uh, Bitcoin mania. And it, what frightens me about that, what I guess concerns me, is that it kind of appeals to, you know, two unhealthy investor emotions, you know, fear and greed. And there's no way to measure the risk, you know, involved. And, and I, you can, sure, in the short term, you might be able to make a lot of money, but you also could lose everything. So it's it's not investing, it's it's speculation, it's gambling. But let's say you you do have a portfolio. Often people don't really understand how much risk is in that portfolio. And especially, you know, we've just gone through this you know, amazing period of, you know, of growth in the, in the stock market that sometimes lulls people into like a false sense of security. Like it's always going to go up and they begin to take more risk. And in reality, you know, it's not if 2008 happens again, but when, you know, we're going to have these market fluctuations and it's nothing to be scared about. Market fluctuations are natural, but you need to be absolutely certain that, you know, how much risk is involved in your portfolio and that that amount of risk is appropriate for your financial, say, constitution, you know, how much risk you as a person can weather and your and your age and your investment goals. So it, it is time this year <laughs> to actually have somebody look at your portfolio and give you a number, you know, a standard deviation number of how much risk is in your portfolio and what it's going to do the next time, you know, we face the market wins. The time to make reallocations in your portfolio is now not during the middle of a crisis. Does that make sense to you? It does make sense. It does. I mean, I, I think in 2008, you look back and, I mean, people forget about that now, but, I mean, that really wasn't that long ago. And on this historic run-up we're having, I mean, it's going to have to come to an end at some point. I'm not trying to be a fatalist, but just being realistic, it will happen whether it's tomorrow or in 10 years. And the time to plan for that is now because what you saw in 2008 is that people – understandably freaked out when it happened. They got scared. They took their money out, stuck it in cash, and they never got back in. And they just weren't prepared for that. And so the time to allocate risk is now. The time to get a well-thought-out, well-organized portfolio is now. And that actually takes me to the next point, which is to get your finances organized. I think that's something that I'm guilty of, honestly. I take those statements, and I've got this one file that I stuff them all in, and then you know, once or twice a year, maybe I'll pull them out and try to organize them, throw the ones that don't matter anymore away. But that's really not a great way to 
do it? I mean, you really need a well-organized plan. You know, that is, you know, absolutely. Uh, you can interpret that on, on several levels. And I'm going to give you a couple. I mean, the first one is we were talking about a few seconds ago is, you know, if you have a properly designed portfolio and it's being properly maintained, then, you know, when we do have, you know, financial headwinds, when we do experience the next 2008, there's nothing to do with your portfolio because it's designed to weather that storm. It's being managed in such a way as to weather that storm. I often tell the story about last year I was sitting on the uh, the, the runway at Kennedy. I was in, you know, a 747-800. I mean, one of these mammoth planes. And we were getting ready to fly halfway around the world. And the pilot gets uh, on and he says, well, we're taxiing. He says, you know, we're getting ready to fly halfway around the world. It's not if we run into bad weather, but when. Now, I don't want you to be concerned about it. It's just inevitable when you take a journey, you know, of this long in duration. The plane is designed to weather that. I fly this route three times a week. And I'm going to get you safely to your destination. But when I ask you to sit in your seat and put on your seatbelt, I really expect you to do that. And I thought that is just like financial planning. You know, if your portfolio is designed properly and it's being flown or managed properly like the airplane, you're going to weather the storm. It's designed to weather that storm. So, you know, you got to get it organized on that level. And secondly, another way, I think, as you said, Mark, you got to get all your statements in, in one place. And, you know, and, and my clients have available to them. Unfortunately, oh, very few of them use it. We have, um, we have a, a financial portal that allows you as a client to aggregate all of your uh, accounts, you know, whether I'm managing them or not. And it's uh, called Life in a Box. And if anyone's interested uh, in learning more about that, I'd love to share that with you. Uh, you've gotten emails from me in the past, but you know it's not everyone's taken advantage of that. So you got to get organized. You have to know what you have, and you have to know where it is. And uh, you know, the, I think the older you get, the more important that is. And you know, so first of all, for yourself, so you can do proper planning, and then if something were to happen to you, you also want it very organized so that your spouse or your children then are going to be able to, you know, easily administer that and take care of those things. So, yeah, I think organization is a must. Organization is certainly key. And then another part of that is understanding what you're invested in. I think especially these days, there's so many options out there. I mean, you've got ETFs, your mutual funds, your REITs. I mean, just so many different investing tools and I think it's important to know what it is you're actually jumping into when you invest. You know, absolutely. I, I am really, really a big proponent of education, and I try to try to provide those educational opportunities uh, to all my clients and people that are interested. I, and I have a YouTube channel that has, I don't know, dozen or so videos on various topics and uh, webinars that I've recorded. And so I, I think everyone needs to take the time to educate themselves about the basics of investing. I mean, you don't have to get too far into the weeds. You don't have to be a car mechanic to drive a car. You don't have to be a pilot to have enough faith or understanding to get on the airplane, but you have to have some understanding or you're just not gonna be able to take that next step you know, to get you to the journey to where you want to go. So I would encourage you to take some time and, uh, and educate yourself. I, I recently uh, co-authored a, a short little book, I think 100 pages or so, called uh, Secrets to a Tax-Free Retirement. It, it deals with seven, I think, really foundational or fundamental in, um, investor rules that you need to consider. I can send that to people. They can download it uh, by going to my website and, and entering their information. Just a, a lot of, you're right, on one hand, there's a lot of uh, information out there. On the other hand, there's so much educational materials that are readily available to you. So uh, if you're interested, call me up, check out my website, go to my 
YouTube channel. Sign up for my, um, I call it Investor Academy. It's a series of six videos that I've created and you can watch them uh, in the privacy and the comfort of your own home and hopefully learn some things. Download the workbooks and educate yourself so you, you can make really good decisions for you and your family in 2018. That's right. There's really no excuse with the myriad of options that you have available to you to learn more about your own financial situation and to prepare for the future. Dan, I know you've mentioned a lot of things here. The two that I just want to quickly plug are your website. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. B-E-T-Z-E-L. BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. And then just quite simply, your phone number. If you'd like to reach out and call Dan, the number to do so is 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. I'll let you, I give you permission to pause the podcast if you'd like to go back and catch that again, but it's 614-472-4510. All right, continuing on with our New Year's financial resolutions. If you didn't set any back around New Year's, it's not too late. You can set them now. And this one's a little more um, unique. You may not have thought about this before. And it's picking a retirement date. Why is that important? Well, I just think um, you know if you're going to have a destination, it's pretty good to know where you want to go. If not, you're just kind of wandering and meandering around. And um, when I ask people to pick a retirement date, sometimes it's very hard for them to do. And I have to tell them, remind them, it's not written in stone, right? We're just we're just kind of playing. But if once we have a retirement date, then we can decide, okay, well, let's look and see if you were to retire on that date, not that you have to, what would your social security be? If you're fortunate enough, you know, to to have a pension, either teachers or policemen, firemen, you know, in Ohio, the STRS, PERS, OPERS, or for one of the companies that still offer a pension, what's your pension amount going to be if you retire on this date? So it just gives us the opportunity to focus down, to begin to drill down and to see, start doing some retirement income planning um, proposals and analysis. And you may actually then determine, you know what, maybe I need to back up my retirement. Maybe I need to work two or three more years, but it begins to give you some real numbers to decide and to begin to think through. And I think once you get your mind, once you pick a retirement date and you start thinking about it, uh, it just really helps you focus. As long as you realize that you get to decide when you retire, you don't have to, you don't have to retire on that date. It's just kind of a way for us to begin to talk, you know, uh, more concretely. Yes, you're right. That concrete date is important to have. And at risk of uh, going on for too long here, I'll share just a quick story to kind of help highlight this point. And that is that my father owned a drugstore, started it in 1972. And he is currently 72 years old and will be 73 in May, just to kind of give you an idea of his uh, age range, where he is in his retirement process. And about five years ago now, he decided that he loved what he did as a pharmacist, but that it was just kind of too much. He was tired of taking his work home with him. He was tired of some of the drama. I think, quite frankly, he was tired of dealing with the insurance companies. And so he said, I love what I do. I don't want to quit, but I, I would like to start considering selling my store. And so my mom encouraged him to plan it out, to take a couple of years and to really think through it before he did so, maybe take another five years. And he honestly got to the point where he said, you know, I'm done with this and I, I just want it to be done. And so he went ahead and sold it within about a year. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but he even says, looking back, that he wishes in some ways that he had 
giving it a little more time to kind of put in a succession plan and to put in a plan for himself as to what was going to happen next. Because what happened is that in going through the process so quickly, he was kind of left without a plan Mm. moving forward. And while financially they were fine, he was left more with that more existential crisis of what do I do now? I've sold my store. And I think a plan, having a firm date in place and picking that a few years out kind of would have helped him to have thought through some of those questions throughout that process. Absolutely. So pick a date, incredibly important. You can do that right now. You can do that this year. You can come in, sit down with Dan. He'll help you think through that. And then finally, get on the same page with your spouse well, financially speaking, of course, in other areas, I don't know that we can help you with that on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so important. Um, there's a lot of really great behavioral finance publications, books written about you know successful couples, and as a general rule, there is usually a uh, you know more offensive and a def- defensive player you know in, in couples, someone who's usually a little bit more aggressive and someone who's a little bit more uh, say conservative, and and the stereotypes don't always hold, but usually it's it's the wife who. Uh, is more conservative and the husband's a little more aggressive. And I think it's really important, especially as you begin to get close to retirement and do post-retirement planning, that both spouses are fully up to speed on what's going on. I remember years and years ago when I was still practicing law, it was it was beautiful, but it was also very poignant. And I was helping to administer a, an estate. A uh, husband had passed away. And I think this was maybe almost 30 years ago. So it was, it was a long time ago. But the wife had never even written a check. And I actually was showing her in my office, you know, how to write a check. And she did great. But it was just, it's awful lot when you're grieving. And you don't even know what assets you have and where they're located. And it wasn't that her husband wasn't a great guy. He was a great guy. That's just That was just the way maybe it was done back then. But you know, he took care of everything. He took care of her. And, and that's beautiful on one hand. But on the other hand, you and your spouse, first of all, your spouse, I think, needs to be an integral part of the planning process. As a general rule, I won't. I just won't meet with one of the parts of the couple. I need them both there. You know, as a general rule, there's always exceptions. But it's really important that, that both spouses are up to speed. They understand what's going on and they and they have a sense of peace or a sense of, of comfort about the direction that their financial life is going. So I think absolutely take the time, get you and your spouse on the same page. I think you'll both be really glad that you did. Yes, I think there's a lot of benefits that can come from that, especially in some of these other areas that we've talked about, picking a date, getting your finances organized, taking too much risk. Those are all things that you really want to be on the same page together on so that you can move forward together as you plan for retirement. Well, we hope you've enjoyed some of these financial resolutions. Like we said, even though we're getting on in January, it's not too late to set your financial resolutions. I would encourage you to think through them, think through what you would like to accomplish this year. And of course, Dan, I know that you and the team at Betzel Wealth Advisors can help folks to do that. All you got to do is go to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. You go to the website, you can see some of the features that he mentioned earlier in the podcast. You can also check out past podcasts, submit questions. And then as always, the easiest way to get in touch is just to pick up the phone and call 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Well, Dan, we wish you luck with your resolutions. We will be checking in with you in July to see if you followed through. This is the year to follow through on those resolutions. So we thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next time for the Plan with Dan podcast.
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.